Live from Southern California, this is the Jim Rome Show. Should I steal from the great one at the very beginning of the show? No! Yes, I know your reaction. Welcome to the program. Always an honor to sit in for Jim, play a small role contributing to the biggest and most important show in our industry. Brian Weber with you. The goal is to be interactive. 1-800-636-8686. Email still a thing. RomanAvitake.com. Hit me up on the X. X me. B.W. Weber. That's Weber with two X's. We follow what I believe to be a winning blueprint. We take things one segment at a time, one syllable at a time. And then coming up at 20 past the hour for all three hours in this extravaganza, we will get to your interaction. We're going to jump right in, bringing you thoughts on the combine. Rolling on with on-field drills starting tomorrow. When the world zigs, you got to zag to have a niche in a 5,000-channel platform world. I'm going to give you my experiences, plural, in Indy, and tell you why the Combine, quite simply, is the most overhyped event in all of sports. We'll get to the NBA. Max Struess nailing a bomb in a wildly entertaining game between the Cavs and the Mavs. I realize we're not even into the month of March, but... Unless you just talk all football all the time, which is a winning business strategy, I want to get to the NBA. We'll get there coming up in the next hour of the program. Are there reasons to believe in Cleveland? Here's a preview. No. And then we'll turn it over to an expert in the final hour, 2.40 Eastern time. We'll wrap up the program with gusto. When we talk NBA with Mike Vorkanoff of The Athletic, prior to that, hour number two, 1.40 Eastern time. I give Eastern times because most of the country lives east of the Mississippi. We talk NFL, not combine-driven analysis. When we say hello to Josh Alper of Pro Football Talk, meaning I'm not good at math. I was told there'd be no arithmetic involved. No outside voices unless I take a phone call between now and And deep, deep, deep into hour number two. So, hit me up on the X, B.W. Weber, Weber with two Bs. I'm open to having a conversation with you. Some clones have reached out directly. I'm a concierge fill-in host. I will satisfy your needs, some of them at least, at 1-800-636-8686. Coming up in 40 minutes, because I'm damn old, and I still believe in the power of college basketball, On this penultimate day in the month of February, on a Big Word Wednesday edition of the program, I'm not getting into the bracketology, but I'm telling you why you better enjoy the current format in March Madness while we have it, because if you're not paying attention, they're going to expand this sucker to 96, maybe more teams sooner rather than later. It is all on the docket. So... Let me be more self-involved than normal, although I should acknowledge the team. As I glance through the glass partition, I cannot believe I see the full XR4TI. Clearly, someone misread the schedule. Guys, thanks so much for coming in. As we come to you from the undisclosed location, I am so gratified to have the entire XR4TI. Now, unlike a former member of the team, I'm not going to give away where we're situated. Finally, here's a hint. Aren't you glad Jim's coming back on Friday? Da, da, da. We play the hits. 
on CBS Sports Radio. Let me take it back in time. If you know who I am, and I'm Brian <laughs> Weber, resetting way too much for Jim Rome here on CBS Sports Radio, it is probably because of a brief, yet in my mind, resonant connection with the National Football League as we enjoy the continuing rise and expansive popularity of Kyle Brandt and what a marvelous series of features he did all year long on the NFL and CBS, a great one, the day of the Super Bowl. The primary reason you get to enjoy Kyle on national TV beyond his excessive talent is that a bunch of us, a ragtag unit, not the A team, more like the C or D team, shuffled into a studio here in Southern California every day at midnight to go on the air at 3 o'clock in the morning the precursor of Good Morning Football, which is award-winning. I drove our show, NFL AM, into the ground. But when I worked for NFL Network and then parlayed that to three years of doing all NFL radio all the time for a platform that no longer pushes out content, I attended multiple combines. And I'm not just coming up with some sort of fake clout here. I'm going to share my experiences with you to try to come up with a frame of reference for why I firmly believe, I personally believe, whatever happened to her, I personally believe that the Combine is the most overhyped event in all of sports because nothing of substance outside of the medical exams happens there. Now, how do I know that? Did you happen to catch who is not attending the Combine this year? Now, Mike McCarthy and I have had a difference of opinion. Like, you might want to show up when you're hosting a playoff game for a franchise that hasn't won anything of importance for the better part of three decades. And did you catch Jerry Jones saying the Cowboys are going all in? We'll get there coming up in the final hour of the program. But I have now some respect for Big Mike. Quick sidebar, because I can anticipate your interaction on social media coming up. Do not write about Mike McCarthy and yours truly hitting up a Chick-fil-A before the end of the day. Mike has some free time because he's not an indie. In fact, the crew, very complimentary. You've not seen me on TV, no simulcast today, since the latter stages of January. And I finally, finally, made the tough, soul-crushing decision to cut back on the diet soda because somebody pointed out along the way, when's the last time you saw somebody not morbidly obese drinking Diet Coke or Diet Pepsi? So I self-reported and the crew right now just looking through the glass in awe at a lean, mean Phil and Hose talking about himself. But before you fat shame me and Mike McCarthy, the big fella finally did something right by deciding not to go to the Combine because even Mike knows under the guise that he wants to spend more time with his potential replacement, new defensive coordinator Mike Zimmer with installation of the defense back in Frisco, Texas. Mike knows because he's been shuffling his large behind Indy for a very long time. It is a colossal waste of time. And Mike's not alone. Robert Sala has been keeping receipts since day one with the Jets. He never goes. This year, joined by Sean McVay, Matt LaFleur, and Kyle Shanahan. Evidently, Kyle trying to use the additional time to learn the new postseason overtime rules. So, if a good chunk of NFL head coaches do not even show up at an event that is so excessively hyped, why should we care? 
This is their job, after all. Well, they know that anything significant they can participate in online. All of the interviews with those hard-hitting questions to young kids trying to scare them to come up with an answer under pressure, like, would you rather be a dog or a cat? It's not the answer. It's how you respond to that hard-hitting query. All of that nonsense can be done via Zoom or, more to the point, if you're a top prospect, you have individual meetings with the teams. So what are we really talking about in Indy? It's a football convention. And you might pause and say, wait a minute, Jim just had a magnificent run all week long at the Bellagio. I'm still getting the word picture in my mind, jumping around with those dancing waters, which were so alluring in the background. I'm Brian Weber, eating for Jim Rome. Interaction less than 15 minutes away, 1-800-636-8686. You might be thinking, loud guy who over-enunciates, wait a minute, I thought Super Bowl week is the opportunity for the entire football world to come together. No, because in my experience, most assistant coaches and player personnel folks are cheap And they don't want to spend the kind of cash you got to dole out to be on site for a Super Bowl. You get some of the people who are red asses saying, I don't want to go to the big game site because we're not playing. You put it all together. The football convention that Super Bowl week should be really happens in Indy. So all this is is a bunch of guys walking around repping their teams or some Free merch they got. A lot of sweatsuits. I fit right in with my Tony Soprano Fila collection. Hanging out, gossiping about who got fired, who's going where, and tearing down other prospects. Why do you think, as Jim brought up the other day with friend of the program, Daniel Jeremiah, the replacement for the Wonderlick, the S2 scores of C.J. Stroud leaked last year? Because in my view, and this is not hyperbole, I firmly believe this was the case, that was character assassination. Why? It wasn't just somebody with an agenda against CJ. It was calculated. It was motivated by coming up with a reason for him to drop and other teams could scoop him up when he fell down the draft board. Well, thankfully for CJ, that didn't happen. And... I'm very pleased to hear his agency, Andrew Rosenhaus, who is an interesting person ethically and morally, if Drew is willing to acknowledge that these tests are also a waste of time because they only test your ability to take the test, it tells you one more component of the combine that is nonsensical. So why do we care about the combine? Because... We are addicted and intoxicated with everything linked to the NFL. And years ago, when the NFL Network was a nascent cable property with no content, they decided to put this thing on the air because they needed programming. And along the way, we moved from a semi-balanced sports menu because typically I'm not playing the old guy card even Harder than I normally do. But at the end of February, not too long ago, some of you actually cared about baseball. We'll talk some Otani coming up in the next hour and why you should not be crowning the Dodgers in any way, shape, or form. I mentioned the demise of college hoops, the NBA, 
certainly, especially with you kids out there with all the Riz as front and center, but the NFL has become a behemoth crushing everything in its path. So you put guys out there who may or may not be impactful on the next level, doing anything on a football field, and we're going to watch. I had an executive tell me, not my favorite person, although I think he enjoyed firing me as we think about how I became available to be a Philad host. I'm Brian Weber, and for Jim Rome, interaction now 10 minutes away. We're on the clock. When I worked for NFL Network 11 years ago, and it had a much more of a frat house environment, I was not involved because I did my job, and I went home at 7 a.m. every day after the show. But a lot of people don't have careers anymore based on some terrible decisions and borderline harassment that you can Google on your own time. I had an executive tell me when I was proud about our ratings, and they were substantial because people watched television 11 years ago, we could put up an NFL logo and get the same number your show gets. I felt very good about that vote of confidence. Having just belted out four hours of TV with a co-host who didn't want to be there. And a guy who turned out to be Hannibal Lecter. But I'll, I'll wait to give you all the details when I write my book. That's coming up. The way it used to be with B-Web. So I understand why many of you want combine conversation. Trent Rush is here tomorrow. I'm sure he'll break it all down for you. Jim is back on Friday. And by then, we'll have things to talk about. And I consume way too much sports media I listen to other shows to make sure I'm not stealing ideas, but I want to be open to other perspectives. Just about every other national show opened this morning with what are the Bears going to do based on the word salad pushed out by GM Ryan Poles yesterday. Well, remember, Ryan did not draft Justin Fields. There is no emotional connection there. And his job, after all, is to have the best interest of the franchise in mind. I'm not anti-Fields. He's come up with some great content for the program, like the pants, as he was looking Jim up and down and noting he was more of a cardio guy on Radio Row a couple years ago. But I think we know who Justin Fields is. He has not developed enough as a down-the-field passing option. You can push back and say, when have the Bears ever had someone like that? And the answer is Sid Luckman in the 1940s, unless you want to play the Jim McMahon homage as he Super Bowl shuffles into the program. Sexy Rexy Grossman played in the Super Bowl. I think you know his limitations, Jay Cutler. You get the point here. If you're Chicago and you have the opportunity to upgrade under center, even though Fields showed improvement last year, you have to take... Caleb Williams. At the same time, I'm not going to join the chorus, and I think I've given you my credentials slash my level of bias as well, because I'm not combine guy, nor my draft guy. Now, Jim is the best in the business. When he starts interviewing draft prospects, he'll get the most out of them because he's immensely talented. But I've done enough of those interviews with the nameless offensive linemen, and I'm trying to ask backstory questions, and the kid doesn't want to be there, but his agent told him, get on the phone with this loud guy. But here we are. Here we are. Now I have the Tourette's kicking here we are. in this chair, the- and things just are. are flowing. Looking at Caleb Williams. Now I'm based in Southern California, and as apparently it's just the airing of the grievances today, I am an alumnus of the University of Southern California. However, I went to graduate school there, 
and roughly the $110,000 I spent on a master's in business administration, I should have lit on fire. I would have had much more enjoyment watching it burn and gotten more return on my investment. So I am not a USC hunk. They also destroyed the Pac-12 on their way to the Big Ten, as much as I'll be calling a USC game tomorrow not bring that up. So I don't want you to think in any way that I'm Tommy Trojan. And it does give me a degree of distance to look at Caleb Williams to say, certainly, we know the skill set. Let's see him do it, having to deal with adversity. And you can push back and say, as Daniel Jeremiah pointed out on this program the other day, that he overcame a sieve-like defense. And the fact that he put up the numbers he did is a testament to what Caleb's capable of. Okay, I buy that sound logic. But I also wonder about his maturity, given that he is still evolving as a person. Male brains are not fully developed until the age of 25. I can understand the disappointment when you lose a rivalry game, as USC has become accustomed to, getting stopped by UCLA, getting beat up by Notre Dame. Notre Dame, he pouted postgame. UCLA, he did not talk to the media. Now, how's that going to fly in Chicago? Because he's going to deal with a lot of adversity. I think the difference is going to be, hopefully, people within the Bears organization say, you are the face of the franchise. We need you to go out there and say nothing. You can't hide. You have to actually go through the motions. And you got to deal with his father, who has a little bit of a Kardashian vibe, understandably so. Caleb Williams is our first NIL superstar who's making giant money before he goes to the NFL. But if we're thinking about what the Bears are going to do, it's what they should do. And I think it's a foregone conclusion, just listening to polls yesterday, that they are going to move fields. Question is timing. If you want maximum value and also, quote-unquote, to do right by Justin, you move them before free agency, and free agency kicks in in a couple weeks. So that'll be something to track in the upcoming weeks. And then we move on to the draft itself with major names at the quarterback position and the real possibility of at least three quarterbacks and Drake May and Jaden Daniels going to the top five. Every mock draft I've been tracking now has J.J. McCarthy going at least in the top 15. Maybe the floor is Denver at 12. So there's a lot of interesting things to dissect when it comes to the draft. But just to come full circle, none of that is related to the Combine. And I know somebody is going to run a thermonuclear time coming up starting tomorrow. Oh, my goodness, he's a unicorn. And Anthony Richardson was a stud last year. But how far along did he make it in the regular season before he got hurt? So that's why I can't get that hyped up for this thing. It feels like the world's strongest man competition. When I was a kid in 1978, there was nothing else on. And we watched then. Because it was the only thing on TV. Just as we'll watch this because it has an approximation to football. I'm Brian Weber, in for Jim Rome. You can tell me I'm dead wrong at 1 800 636 8686. Emails in the mix. Rome and have a take.com. Straight ahead, your interaction. Hit me up on the X platform. BW Weber, Weber with two B's. Next, because Jim opened the door just a smidge with his homage to Anthony Kim yesterday. What a great reset that was with Kim on his way to live golf. I'm going to reveal the dumbest thing I've heard in a long time, and it came from the Lynx. Who said what? Details coming up. 
As we are just getting warmed up on a very busy Wednesday, I'm Brian Weber. Are you craving some protein after a good workout? This time, change up. Don't make a shake. Do not eat a bar. Instead, grab a bag of beef jerky from Old Trapper. Here's why. Old Trapper beef jerky is tasty and tender, and it's made with real strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a real wood fire. On top of that, Old Trapper is a family-owned business, and they take their smoked beef extremely seriously. You can taste it in every single bite. Like, who wants dried-out, rough beef in a bag? Nobody. That's who. Old Trapper, though, is the real deal, and it comes in four amazing flavors. Old-fashioned, teriyaki, peppered, and hot and spicy. All amazing and all different. So the next time you want a great protein and energy snack that you can have anytime, anywhere, Grab some Old Trapper beef jerky. Look for it in the Clearview bag. And look for it in major retail stores near you. If you don't see it, ask for it by name because no other jerky compares. Old Trapper, what's your beef? Brian Weber back with you. Always a delight to keep the chair warm in for Jim. Don't worry, the Hall of Famer back with us on Friday. Coming up, your interaction. I'm open to a phone call taken selectively. At 1-800-636-8686, emails, romanavatake.com. We'll keep this concise. In 15 minutes, we make the move to college basketball. I am not getting into the brackets. I am not going to analyze games because if I throw it out rhetorically, how many of the top five draft prospects can you name right now? And the answer would be zero. In fact, I have no life, and this is not me picking on Bronny James. I looked at a mock draft. This morning, top five, all Euros, and a dude from the Ignite, the G League gimmick you never heard of. But of far more importance, gas, groceries, utilities, you name it, the price of everything is going up. And if you're stuck in a bad timeshare with rising maintenance fees, the financial burden can be crushing. It's time to get your finances in order, get the real facts about that timeshare you're stuck in, and your options to get rid of it, Chuck McDowell, the founder of Wesley Financial Group, has been helping families out of horrible timeshares for over 10 years and has put together a complete timeshare exit information kit that he will send to you absolutely free. To date, over 30,000 families have trusted Wesley Financial Group to help them out of financial hardship by getting them out of bad timeshares. And they may be able to help you, too, to get the facts about how the timeshare industry works and your options for cancellation. Simply call Wesley now for your free timeshare exit kit and see how you can become timeshare-free. Call 800 462 3333. That's 800-462-3333. One more time. 800-462-3333. As promised, let's move over to the X. Did not pre-read this, so we're going commando here. Flying blind. Here is Brantley in Eugene. Max Struess. What a finish last night. That three was insane. Do you think Cleveland has a legit shot? That's a straight take. Wait a minute. I was not prepared to go down that road. Brantley, I appreciate your participation. I will pose that question the last hour of the show to Mike Vorkanoff of wow. The Athletic. Here's a preview. No, I don't think Cleveland has a shot. Go back to last year. They lost to the Knicks. Knicks had not put together a playoff series victory in a decade. Yes, I realize the rosters become realigned. Spida, Mitchell is a phenom. And if you want to parse... 
things that are possible in the East. Who do you really believe in other than Boston? I still think, despite the doc factor, Giannis and Dame will figure it out. Is Embiid even going to be able to show up for a cameo can playoff time? So if you do the process of elimination, maybe Cleveland has an opportunity, but I see a real gap between Boston rattled off now a nine-game winning streak, beating up the Sixers who are falling apart without Embiid last night and everybody else in the East. Let's get back to more sarcasm. How about Jake in Buffalo? And this is very much on brand. Reason to believe in Cleveland? Not as long as we're around, thanks. Infant mortality, generational poverty, and literacy rates. That's the program I know. You like Planet it? Wilson, good to hear B. Weber hosting the show today. He's a lot better than that other hobo. Who's the hobo in question? I was here the last time. Trent Rush is a nice young man. I saw him on national television calling a San Jose State game on Fox Sports 1. You can't be speaking of JT the Brick. The Brick, I will send you the picture. He has a headshot because I've known John for a long time. Headshot circa 1998 when he's holding a brick in front of a brick wall. JT will show up and make that brick do the talking. Finally, and this is a dissertation, Brian McRibber. Did the XR4TI bring some McRibs for you today? You need some food to get through your long day, subbing in for Rome this morning and then calling darts this afternoon for CBS Sports Network. Mario in San Francisco, War McRibber, doing play-by-play for Ritz Bowling Nights. I don't want to say I'm a broadcast courtesan. I have not done darts yet. I am available. And as of April 14th, when I say goodbye to the Conference of Champions before they say goodbye to me, I'm going to have an abundance of free time. So it could go one of two ways. I could become even more of a whore, more of a sellout, and start doing cockfighting, as we know, a former topic on this program. I could be doing cliff diving from Acapulco or... And I'm feeling even more sanctimonious these days. I could say, I'm better than that. I have other things to do with my time when we all know that is not truthful. In fact, as we talk just a little bit of golf as a catalyst for the most inane thing I've heard in a very long time. I'm Brian Weber in for Jim Rome. Your voice can be heard at 1-800-636-8686. Let's keep it going on the X. B.W. Weber. Weber with two B's. Now that there's no football to watch, and I've established I'm not watching one minute of the combine, I need something on in my regal one-bedroom apartment. So my process is now have something on in the background as I scribble notes for women's water polo coming up in eight days, and I find it soothing to watch golf. Now, muted. Hello, Nance. Hello, friends. CBS has a real problem when Nance takes some time off because whoever Andrew Catalan is does not know how to call golf. That's When I have it on, I wonder where's Nance, and then I mute it. But I just like the scenic vistas. I especially love the swing through Hawaii and then Southern California. But as I have it on in the background, and I'm spending hours that I'll never get back going through minutiae that I probably don't need, but this is my process for these self-important games. I have glanced up and looked at these leaderboards saying, who are these people? It is an anonymous wave of champions to start the year, mostly because 95% of the big names are taking the Saudi money. Now, I can't fully blame them, and thankfully, I think I'm fully out of the tennis business, although we'll 
find out how much of a courtesan I am as we move into the summer. The Saudis are going to buy that sport if they want to. I don't know how much mileage they can get out of it because, unfortunately, especially here in the States, other than Coco Golf, tennis is largely irrelevant. Yes, hundreds of thousands of folks will show up at Indian Wells, Miami, and the U.S. Open. But since I threw out the exercise, how many college basketball players can you name? How many tennis stars beyond Novak Djokovic and uh, aging Rafael Nadal can you even conjure up? So I'm not going to do the full sports-washing dissertation and monologue today i've done in the past i've read your tweets that you think i'm being too heavy-handed and after all i'm just a fill-in host let's keep it light but remember when you take that saudi money everything that comes with it and jim had a conversation with john rom who i think handled himself well how do you turn down generational wealth when you're already unbelievably affluent Well, if somebody throws $100 million at you, how do you say no? So the Saudis walked in. They bought the sport. And what happened to that whole merger that we spent so much time talking about? Now, the PGA has gone out and gotten their own private equity guys, a consortium of owners across sports with Steve Cohen of the Mets having unlimited resources. What happened to that whole merger thing? Well, it did happen because the Saudis, like Liv, there's somebody within their investment fund, the sovereign investment fund, who has that as his pet project. And until they decide Liv is going to go away, we're going to have all these big names out there playing tournaments nobody cares about. The crew was in Las Vegas for Super Bowl week. Did anybody even have awareness that Liv Golf was there? It's on the C-freaking-W. Now, if I'm knocking a broadcast outlet, you know it's bottom of the barrel. CW on tape delay. So, when I read this quote from Taylor Gooch, and I know who he is, apparently he was your live champion last year, winning three times on a nonsensical tour that is not real golf. If you don't have a cut, it's not golf. It's softball versus baseball, and I prefer softball, but it's a totally different sport. But the Gooch man, who was as dopey as his name might suggest, made a run at Rory McIlroy because the lower-tier names on the Live Tour, like Gooch, we're not talking about the people we actually know, Kupka and DeChambeau and now Rom. It's Gooch and company. They don't have a high enough ranking in the official World Golf rankings because the live competition is not being counted because it should not be counted because it's a farce. The Gooch man said, quote, if Rory McIlroy goes out and completes the career Grand Slam, which he has a chance to at Augusta, without some of the best players in the world, there's going to be an asterisk. Hey, Gooch, nobody asked you. I did some research this morning. Gooch has never finished in the top 12 in any of the 11 major championships he's played in. But somehow he was trending because he took a shot at Rory. But it points out something much larger. As we saw recently when poor Tiger Woods couldn't even finish his own event here in Southern California, and he was apparently just watching some of the coverage, violently ill, in addition to being a shadow of himself physically, and he knew, oh, by the way, he wasn't going to make the cut. What do you know? (coughs) I feel a cough coming on. I'll pick up my ball at eight. When Tiger fell apart, and I know we have the Augusta moment forever, but since then, 
when Tiger virtually disappeared, he took the sport with him. And then the Saudis came in and bought the remnants. Other than that, golf has disappeared. And I know thousands of you play it. I stopped playing it because I have no athletic skill. And I don't want to spend four hours with anybody. But just as a media consumer, the product now is unwatchable. Because when I flip on, as mentioned, in the lavish one-bedroom apartment, just to have some serenity in the background, I don't know who any of these dudes are. And I'm not going to burn one second watching whoever Taylor Gooch is do his thing. Okay. I made fun of Matt, uh, Mike McCarthy. I claimed that I was more svelte, and I just went fat. So let us quickly wind down, let you know coming up as we roll on this first hour. It is the second to last day of February. We're looking ahead to March Madness. Is college basketball about to become even more of just a three-week sport? Details straight ahead first. Time for a sports update. Andrew Bogish has the latest. You know, in today's world, it seems the best treatment is reserved for only a few. Well, Discover wants to change that by making everybody feel special. That's why with your Discover card, you have access to 24-7 live customer service as well as $0 fraud liability, which means you're never held responsible for unauthorized purchases. Finally, no matter who you are or where you are in life, you'll feel special with Discover. Learn more at discover.com slash credit card. Limitations apply. Getting closer to the second hour of the program, meaning there's still plenty of time for you to get involved, 1-800-636-8686. There's another mechanism for interaction. It is an ATP Wednesday. In fact, I've now decided to call an audible when we get there in the final hour of the program. I'll make that a standalone content block, meaning a few submissions can squeak on through. A reminder, when we ask the pros, it's an opportunity for you, the clones, to pose a question Brought to you by O'Reilly Auto Parts. Go to cbsportsradio.com slash askthepro. Submit your question. Think O'Reilly Auto Parts for all your car care needs. Get the parts and service you need fast from the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts. As we close in on the second hour of the show, we're going to tip things off. Talking NBA, I'm not going to fix the All-Star game because nobody can fix the All-Star game. Plus, that's in the past when the league tries to address it. They're just going to bribe the players as they did with the in-season tournament. But the All-Star game did reflect what a ridiculous year this has been when it comes to scoring. Insane numbers across the league. In fact, since we've established I have no life, looked it up last night, highest scoring average across the league since 1969-1970. Then the league decided to Make some adjustments. Let defense be played. Now I think they're all in on every night being a video game. We'll talk about who has a realistic chance to win it all. I realize the depth of the Western Conference is unprecedented. But are you telling me, and we'll get there in granular detail coming up, that, for example, as much as I love watching OKC, are they ready to win now? Doesn't history tell us you have a learning curve for a group of young players with no playoff experience that's tangible that's coming up in the next hour of the program as a hoopster and maybe that's why none of my long-term projects on the radio have worked I love basketball more than I love football I'm not a fool well try not to be a fool I have to pay the rent on that 
expansive one-bedroom apartment. I understand how the world works, and the NFL is the only reason I have a semblance of a career. But if I'm posed the question, what do you want to watch? I'm going to watch basketball all day long just because I think it's a better game. And maybe because in the mid-1980s, I could actually dribble a little bit, knock my friend down, and think I was being Truck Robinson when I was a Nick fan a million years ago. As we look, though, across the landscape of college basketball, and I give Jim credit, I still am in the college sports industrial complex for the time being. I follow this stuff closely because it's my job, after all. Nobody talks more college basketball on a national level than Jim. Last week was filled with big names. Bill Self, no jungle karma last night as BYU, although we can connect it to Coach Pope, who came on the show earlier. Always a great landscape out there. If you just play six degrees of Rome separation, BYU taking down Kansas last night. Jim talked with Greg McDermott, Randy Bennett. So I am not telling you what to watch, what, what not to watch other than the Combine. Put the remote down. It's a waste of time. But as we get ready for March Madness, if you love college basketball as much as many of us do, knowing that we're rooting for alumni connections, fan bases, regional tie-ins, just the colors, maybe a chance to win a buck or two in a Calcutta, you better enjoy what we have now Because I think change is coming, and it's coming soon. Because if you're not paying attention to what's going on in college football, finally, finally, on the verge of the 12-team playoff, we haven't even gotten there yet, coming up this fall. I don't want to get too bogged down in legalese, but even I can read a blog telling me the contract for the college football playoff, current format, only has two years left on it. After that... Everything can be blown up. We already have the SEC and the Big Ten talking about going to 14, and we haven't even played a single game in the 12-team format. And when we go to 14, what's already being leaked? They want multiple automatic bids to be connected to the SEC and the Big Ten. According to reports, four for the SEC, four for the Big Ten. Now, we know what's going on in college sports. The entire sport has been bought by media properties. And I work for a couple of them, so I'm going to tread lightly here. But I have reached a point where I just don't care that much anymore, and that's not like I have a great deal to lose. Where we're going is not better than where we currently are or where we've been. If you think about why the SEC and the Big Ten can run all of college sports, it's because they have all of the capital. Outside of the SEC and the Big Ten teams, I'm not just talking about money. I'm talking about the properties, the brands. Outside of those two mega conferences, who's left? Notre Dame with their weak tie-in to the ACC. Clemson, if you believe Dabo, can figure out the NIL world. And Florida State, who had the nice run last year. Outside of that, it's all SEC and all Big Ten. They can do whatever they want. So... On the verge now of trying to come up with ways to make even more money in college football, you know what's coming next in college basketball. They're going to expand that tournament, which would be a sports crime, not to be more over the top than normal. 64, I know it's the field of 68, and maybe someday I can 
work the first four in Dayton, Ohio. Looks like a good event. 64 is the perfect number. Why are we going to blow it up? Because there's more money available. And college basketball right now has been reduced to, at best, a three-week sport. That's all it is. Okay, so now we're going to go to 96 or 128 under the guise of, well, more teams are going to get in. What do you think is going to happen with those additional bids? Where do you think they're going to go? To the SEC and the Big Ten. Even if they don't have to have the naked creed of the automatic bids that they're demanding, reportedly, for the college football playoff, just use common sense. So now we're going to have the third worst team in the SEC now getting a bid to the field of 96 because they can. And college basketball already has an identity problem. I, I threw out the rhetorical pop quiz. Name three players in college basketball right now. Unless you're a Kentucky fan or following the draft, you can't do it. Maybe you know the big fella, Zach Eady in Purdue, hoping to bounce back from last year's debacle in the tournament. You know Caitlin Clark, as you should. Because women's college basketball is structured with more balance. And Caitlin is a phenom. Although... And this is me being a history geek. When she breaks Pistol Pete Maravich's all-time scoring record, remember, Pete did it in three years. Freshmen were ineligible. And he did it with no three-point shot. I'm not taking anything away from Caitlin Clark. She is phenomenal, to use the show verbiage. If she decides to come back for another year to get that NIL money, which is comparable to what she's going to make in the WNBA, great. If she goes to the pros, I want to see her... All-Star Weekend next year in a shootout against, say, Dame Lillard. But the problem for college basketball is the sport is already largely irrelevant. It's been marginalized, in part because of our addiction to football I laid out to start the program. And if we go to an even more bloated field, the regular season is going to mean, if possible, even less. So enjoy it while we got it. And Jim will have comprehensive coverage, and I I know we'll start tracking the great stories as he did last year. And there was a lot of jungle karma, especially with friend of the program, Eric Musselman. Talking college basketball is a nice transition point to get to the NBA. How many teams really have a chance to win it all? And here's a preview. I think it's only two in the East. One hour down, couple big hours on the way. I'm Brian Weber in for Jim Rome. You're in the jungle here on CBS Sports Radio. Are you one of millions struggling with premature hair thinning and hair loss? Or maybe you're scared about inheriting that thinning look because it just runs in the family. Introducing Provia, a real solution that delivers on its promise without the harsh side effects, unwanted chemicals, and unpleasant smells. Thanks to our friends that developed GenuCell Skincare. Provia uses Procapil. It's a natural ingredient to effectively target the three main causes of premature hair thinning for men and women of any age. By supporting scalp circulation, the delivery of nourishing nutrients, and hair follicle anchoring to your scalp, Provia guarantees more hair on your head than in the shower or on your comb or 100% of your money back. And right now, new customers can save over 50% off Provia's introductory package at ProviaHair.com slash Rome. Every package includes a full 60-day supply of Provia serum for daily use plus 
They're super concentrate that could give you faster, more noticeable results. And every order includes your choice of a free gift at checkout. See results for yourself right now. ProviaHair.com slash Rome. ProviaHair.com slash Rome. These statements and products have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease or condition. It is another hour of the program and an honor to be in for the Hall of Famer. I'm Brian Weber. You can chime in at 1-800-636-8686. Emails, RomanHaveATake.com. It's an ATP Wednesday. Good block of interaction if i can be self-promoting in the first hour of the program let's maintain that momentum coming up in 20 minutes hit me up on the x platform bw weber weber with two b's we had a guest free first hour and we will follow that same general roadmap coming up for the next 40 minutes and then we'll take you around the nfl i'm not getting into combine thoughts who's going to Shut down the internet with the fastest 40 we've ever had the possibility to imagine. We're talking free agency. And just to confirm that the Bears, in fact, are going to go the direction of Caleb Williams, as GM Ryan Poles made pretty clear yesterday, if you were just paying a little bit of attention to his remarks. Looking forward to checking in with Josh Alper of Pro Football Talk. Final hour NBA conversation in addition to what I'm going to address presently, when we are able to reach out to Mike Vorkanoff of The Athletic. Jim off today and tomorrow. Back with you on Friday. Trent Rush will be here tomorrow. Very fine young broadcaster. If you're looking for baseball talk, Trent is all over it. And maybe I'm feeling threatened as I move deeper into my 50s. I'm going to talk a little bit of baseball just a minute portion in 20 minutes because, of course, Otani hit a home run yesterday in his spring training debut. But we know how it works in MLB, and we know how things operate with this franchise. And again, I'm going to have to parse my words carefully because I heard Jim and Dave Roberts reunited and have felt so good recently. I'm not going to take a anti-Dave Roberts stance. I'd be even more foolish to do that. But I am going to point out when we get there in 20 minutes that it is way too premature to hand the Dodgers anything because did you watch them the last two postseasons? Did you see them get swept by the Diamondbacks? I realize Otani's a game changer, but he can't pitch this year and he can't make Mookie Betts deliver in high leverage situations. That is coming up. Well, for many of you, I think I destroyed what little credibility I might have when I said the quiet part out loud towards the end of the last hour. I like basketball more than the NFL. Now, to have a chance at gainful employment before I hit Social Security, we will talk in addition to in 40 minutes our conversation with Josh Alper, a pro football talk, Cowboys, and the latest inane remarks from Jerry Jones, who is a content machine to start the final hour of the program. But since we're all looking for things to watch, in addition to what's going on in professional wrestling, are you smelling what The Rock is cooking? I'm not going to spend any of our precious real estate on that. It's a very interesting time. I'm back in the hot tub time machine. It feels like 1984 all over again. The Rock has turned heel. But as I flip around... 
I am always going to land on NBA action. You know, I was told once it's fantastic. And with the abundance of quality teams, we could go through, with the exception of a handful of clubs, but just about every team at least has a marketable star. I realize the All-Star game was hideous. I don't have the solution for it, nor am I going to go back to what happened in Indy. But if you're going through the rosters, the league has never had more star power evenly distributed across the NBA, especially in the West. But, and perhaps this is geographic balance, because Jim is here in Southern California. We're an undisclosed location, XR4TI. Not listening to a word I'm saying, but I really appreciate the moral support. Everyone is here getting ahead for Jim's return on Friday. Typically, all we do is talk about the powerhouses on the East Coast. And Boston is worthy of our attention. If you've not been perusing the NBA, and look, I get it. For a lot of you, the first time you watch the NBA, potentially, is Christmas Day. But not anymore, because that's been hijacked the NFL and they took Black Friday last year because the NFL finds a way to monetize everything they can but there was a degree of segmentation that casual fans would parachute in to watch on Christmas Day another chunk would wait for football to end can't blame me if you turned on the all-star game and said after 30 seconds no thank you and a lot of you will not watch until the start of the playoffs in April I get it. So for a good chunk of you who other than LeBron saying, leave my kid alone, even though he's the one who put it out there that Bronny had a comparable skill set to guys already in the NBA, even though Bronny can barely get off the bench on the worst team in the Pac-12. And let's not forget, he had a cardiac event. That's what we should be talking about. It's a young kid with a second chance on life. The fact that he's even playing is remarkable. So who cares what a mock draft says? But if you're a casual, as the kids say, and I'm Brian Weber, not on TikTok because that would be creepy. I am on the X, B.W. Weber, Weber with two Bs. We'll get to your ATP, the final hour of the program. Phone calls a possibility, 1-800-636-8686. If you are now maybe just easing into basketball with an extra day in February and March, maybe get you thinking about hoops with March Madness coming up. Here's what you missed. I'm not doing the whole season, but I would encourage you at least to have an open mind because it's not just the usual suspects. Now, if you're only going to jump in come playoff time, you might say, wait a minute, how did Oklahoma City win 54, 58 games and then get bounced in the first round? Well, that just speaks to two things, the incredible depth of the Western Conference and their lack of playoff experience. But if we're just looking for things to watch, we need entertainment out there. And in fact, let me be even more self-indulgent than normal. I need a show to watch. I It's astonishing to me. I have all of these streaming platforms. Now, like everybody, when I'm done, I unsubscribe. So I'm not just going to throw away even more money. Ooh, $7 for a monthly subscription I can't handle. Believe me, I'm, I'm living show to show here. I need a show to watch. I'm so desperate, in addition just to watching NBA TV all night, I'm going back through the wire. I'm about halfway through season two, and it's getting good. 
McNulty's on the boat. So if you can help me out coming up in 15 minutes, give me a show to watch. And I've watched all of the normal stuff. Sidebar would be, I don't like zombies, and I don't like wizards. So I'm not doing any Game of Thrones content, and maybe I'm just still recovering from a childhood of playing Dungeons and Dragons, yes, as you can imagine. I was not that happening at 12. But give me something other than warlocks and zombies. That's coming up in 15 minutes. But as I'm flipping around, watching these games go by, yes, Oklahoma City is thrilling to watch. SGA, first team All-NBA last year, and great to see the big fella, Chet Holmgren, healthy. How about Minnesota? Anthony Edwards. Now, I, I did have the misfortune of watching on ESPN a couple nights ago when somebody had to be a producer, not just a associate producer, put up the graphic, and it was because they were shadowing the Timberwolves all day long. It's Anthony Edwards and next Michael Jordan. That might have been a little bit over the top, but Minnesota, entertaining team. Gobert plays defense. Cats got to stay healthier. Great watch. And I love Chris Finch annihilating that team when they don't play defense. And then you know the teams we're always talking about. Just when it felt like, and years ago I had an affiliation with the Warriors, so I'm always going to have an emotional connection with them. But just being logical and trying to be unbiased in my analysis, everybody was throwing dirt on them was justified. They were a shadow of themselves. And now, Clay Thompson embracing begrudgingly, but he's leaning in because he has no choice. The six-man role. Chris Paul is back, if that means anything to you. But the only reason they took on Paul was because they had to get rid of Jordan Poole. And last night was the reunion. And Draymond Green knows if he does anything wrong moving forward, the career is over. So if you were expecting round two or round three, depending on how you're scoring things between Jordan Poole and Draymond Green, didn't happen last night. But the Warriors are relevant again. And the NBA is more interesting when the Warriors actually have a chance to win games. However you view Draymond, and I'm in the camp that he has gone completely berserk and he has crossed the line. And either he thinks he can get away with all this stuff based on what has happened in the past, or he just has no control over his emotions. Either way, the next incident should be leading to a conversation does he potentially have to deal with a suspension, Alvin, for life, 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 life? I'm Brian Weber, producing from the big chair. Help me out with your post on the X, B.W. Weber, Weber with two Bs. But I think because the West is so loaded, I have to acknowledge, I don't want to, but it's my job to have a degree of objectivity, the Clippers are good. I can't believe I'm saying those words aloud. I was dead wrong about the James Harden trade. Now, Harden is a lot smarter than sometimes he lets on because James is calculated and James knows this is his last opportunity to get paid one more time and it's working. Why? Because he wants it to work. Nobody is better enforcing himself out of a situation he does not want to be in than James Harden. And he did not put on the meat suit. He did not hit the bottomless corral of food at the Sizz or any other place he could have gone. He did not carbo load. That team works. They'll play the Lakers tonight. 
I don't even find the Lakers that interesting anymore. And I'm here in Southern California. And I'm not going to follow people who have been able to construct a career by bashing LeBron. I just think we know who they are. In no way diminishing what he's doing at an advanced age. Yeah, LeBron can get hot come playoff time. We saw last year. But remember, things opened up remarkably for the Lakers. And the role players were out of their mind. It's not, in my estimation, going to be a repeat of last year. But we're now getting down to play-in territory. And now here I am 12 minutes in. And like everybody else, I have not mentioned the reigning champs. And I don't have any issues with Denver. And I do my best to be comprehensive. I have no good explanation for why, like so many of you, we overlook the Nuggets. And I don't want to come up with some convoluted, well, they're not fish, they're not foul, they're tucked away there in the Rocky Mountains. They're a damn good team. Every time you turn on what's happening, Jokic is doing something insane like he did against the Warriors. And if I want to come back, we should acknowledge Michael Malone is a great friend of the program. That was a wonderful conversation with Jim the other day. Here we are after a fill-in stint this summer that was all Wemby all the time. We're not even talking about this guy. Now, I understand the Spurs have only won 11 games, and they lost to Minnesota last night. But because I am a prisoner of content and I love basketball, anytime Wembyana is on my screen, I'm watching. And I never try to turn this into accounting, but sometimes numbers matter. Look this one up for confirmation. Wembyana averaging a double-double. 21 and 10. He's doing it in 28 minutes. That is the most points per minute by a rookie since Michael Jordan. Joker said at the All-Star break, Wemby is such a unique talent, he believes that the French sensation is going to change the game radically. And here we are, not even spending much time from a national standpoint on somebody who's a transformational generational talent. We could do... Five minutes on what's going on with the Suns, other than Durant having kerfuffles with fans because, and he was justified that time, there are a lot of Delta Bravos out there. And just to make sure I am spanning the association and I'm giving you my opinions, we'll check in with somebody who has a closer connection to the league coming up in the final hour of the program when we say hello to Mike Vorkanoff of The Athletic. Certainly feels like right now in the East, it's Boston and then a massive gap to everybody Else Now, it would be sophomoric and also just lacking any rationale to dismiss the Bucks. They need more time to figure it out. Making a coaching change for seemingly no reason did not help, especially when you go out and get Doc Rivers in advance of the playoffs based on his career playoff collapses. I didn't get that other than Doc is very good at promoting Doc. But you got to believe when we get to games that matter in April and May, Giannis and Dame will figure it out. And they've had some quality wins. They beat Minnesota not too long ago. But have you watched the Celtics play? And again, I mentioned just as a frame of reference, Jim, by his own admission, takes a lot of vacation because he gets a lot of vacation. You got to deal with me in the summer. I'm here talking a lot of NBA. And I obliterated a big word Wednesday. Celtics, when they got to the finals a couple years ago, and what we saw Joe Mazzulla do last year on the bench was professional malpractice. He was completely overwhelmed by the magnitude of the moment. Still, Celtics 
didn't overreact. They didn't break up Tatum and Brown. Loved the deal for Drew Holiday. If you think about what's really wrong with the Bucks, it's not Doc being ignored by his team. It's they missed the defensive intensity of Holiday, their best defensive player. And so far, Porzingis not getting injured too much. So there are reasons to believe that Boston is much more than just a team that is a stat compiler. And if we get Boston coming out of the East, and notice I have not mentioned the Knicks, not just because I turned my back on the New York Tri-State area in 1987. Maybe I was pushed out as well. I lost my jersey privileges. But have you watched the Knicks? A, they're painful to watch. B, I think you understand how it works in the NBA. And no disrespect to Jalen Brunson. Tremendous player. You cannot win an NBA title with at least one lock to be a Hall of Famer. History says this back to the mid-1970s. I don't have to do it year by year. And the exception that almost proved the rule back in the day was the Piston team that took down the dysfunctional Lakers when they added Malone and Payton, but Ben Wallace got into the Hall of Fame. So there's your Hall of Famer. Look at the Knicks roster. If somebody will finally take Jimmy Dolan's money, and we've been talking about this since what? Carmelo Anthony? I mean, this is talk show 101. I can get up, break the glass, there's a handbook, and talk about nobody wanting to come and play for James Dolan, other than Brunson, which is a credit to him. Knicks are a nice story, but let's just slow down with them being in the Eastern Conference champion conversation or Making the finals? I'm just not going to jump into that content pool. So here we are. Here are the bleep we are. Only at the business end of February, all of this great NBA content aligning. And what would the vast majority of you rather your fill-in host discuss? Who's going to be the fastest offensive lineman at the Combine? Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. You can count me out of March Madness when it expands to 96. Make a bracket? Nope. Picking 96 teams is paperwork more than fun. Goodbye brackets, Crank. Ding in South Carolina. All right, well, Crank, if for no other reason than lethargy, inertia, if the idea of you having to fill out a bracket, which will be the size now of a legal pad, to get to 96 teams makes you against the tournament expansion. Thank you for joining the cause. Yo, B-Webb, Strongman Contest was on your TV growing up in the 70s. Who do you think you are? I am. Bowling was king in the 70s. Signed, Pete Weber Jr., Dino in Vegas. I was an enormous Chris Schenkel fan. As has been well documented in this program, I did college bowling not once but twice. How much talent it takes or just sheer bravado to fake your way through it enough that they bring you back for the intercollegiate bowling championships? Now I'd be dying for a gig like that. So maybe I should be mindful of getting as much support as I can from the bowling 
community. The whole shoe thing still freaks me out. Well, I could be more of a hack than I normally am and saying Major League Baseball is as relevant as bowling. I won't go that far. But what have we been talking about so far? Now that we're just on the edge of March, everybody has showed up for spring training. We have unlistenable Cactus League action on the radio here in Southern California. I understand there are broadcast contracts. Can't we just stream that stuff? This is me venting to you. But I was glad yesterday driving around here at our undisclosed location. I'm Brian Weber, Ainford Gym Room. Hit me up on the X, B.W. Weber, Weber with two Bs. I got in the car just in time for Otani to go deep. And the guy at this point is just a unicorn. Now, it's spring training. Relax. But we saw him last year do Ruthie and things. He just got paid $700 bucks. He structured it with the deferrals to make sure the Dodgers have enough money, never need for a bake sale or GoFundMe for the Dodgers, to go out and get other stars. So they followed Otani's wishes and bolstered the rotation. Remember, he's not pitching this year, and let's find out where he is physically coming back from another elbow procedure. Already had Tommy John earlier in his career, but... Dodgers go out and get Tyler Glasnow from the Rays and give him a boatload of cash as well because they are the best tribute to George Steinbrenner that we have in the modern game. Dodgers just throw money at any issues because they have unlimited resources. Win or lose, better than 3 million fans are going to drive into Chavez Ravine. They have their own cable network, still cash flow positive. Although you kids on TikTok have ruined the entire industry. But do I have to go through the entire rant, and I'm not going to be more, hopefully, repetitive than normal, about what we know to be true in baseball, especially now with the new playoff format? Come playoff time, it's the most random of postseason championship structures in all of sports. And how about if we just talk about what happened last year before the playoffs? How much money did Steve Cohen throw out there for the Mets? And how did that stack of cash translate into wins and losses? Okay, you could say that's a one-off. Fine. How about just what the Dodgers have failed to do in recent years in the postseason, matching up with teams they should know better than anybody because they're in their own freaking division? So a couple years ago, it was Slam Diego. That's what's it, Alvin. Arizona, and what's Tori Lovello going to be on the program? The manager of the Diamondbacks, good friend of the show. A phenomenal story. But if you're a Dodger fan, how in the world can you accept being swept by the Diamondbacks last year? Now, I am going to be very mindful of whose chair I'm sitting in. And yes, it's been reinforced. I hope by now I don't have to do the full recitation that I'm a clone. I was living with my mother. I had no career aspirations. This show basically kept me off suicide watch in 2003. I am deeply connected to this show. However, with a little semicolon, I think it is fair to be critical of Dave Roberts, understanding that he is now a middle manager, not a field manager, because the vast majority of the tactical decisions are made by Andrew Friedman and the analytics crew. Dave 
is given much more, according to reports, than input when it comes to the lineup. It is a, let's just say, to be kind of collaborative decision. Now, pitching changes are still largely the purview of the manager. And again, I'm being supportive of team content here while trying to balance it with a critical lens. Do you as a Dodger fan or just somebody who loves baseball fully agree with what Dave Roberts has done when it's come to how he's managed his rotation and going to the pen in high leverage situations the last couple years? Come playoff time. And if I want to be more of a cynic, when's the last time the Dodgers won anything? Oh, no, no, 2020. Okay. That was a 60-game regular season. So my guy Gooch, who was trying to hang an asterisk on Rory McIlroy in the first hour of the show, I think would have a much more coherent argument to say, yes, there was a giant asterisk on 2020. Somebody had to win something that year. But for Dodger fans, and I know it's not your money, with the billions of dollars thrown into payroll over the last decade, to come away with that as your achievement says this franchise has underachieved. That can't be your lone accomplishment. With the full concession, that weird stuff happens in baseball. So to put it all together, just because Otani put his name on the line, which is dotted, does not guarantee anything. And I know it wasn't just Otani. You got Yamamoto coming from Japan. But you still have to look at that bullpen. Dave Roberts the other day would not commit to a closer. And I understand where we are now. And you don't want to bunt anymore. And RBIs are accounting stats. But I still, as an old school guy, my years in the Pacific Coast League, old school people like closers. I like the notion of who I'm giving the ball to in the ninth inning. And just don't tell me it's coming down to matchups or bullpen by committee. So let's see what this team does. Because it is just too lazy to say, yep, the Dodgers bought themselves a title. Because how do you feel about Mookie Betts? Two for 25 over his last playoff appearances, last couple years. Not exactly Mr. October. That feels a lot like Mr. May. So, yeah, the Dodgers are going to be a good watch. And anytime Otani's at the plate, I'll flip over there because I got him on my cable system before I finally cut the cord. But let's not put the championship stamp on a team that has failed to show up in critical situations and their only title comes with, I think this is reasonable, not hot take mountain, a massive asterisk. In fact, as a recovering Yankee fan, I'll point out their prior title was 1981. That was a strike-shortened year. So when's the last Dodger championship? Well, they lost to the Yankees in 77, 78. You got to go back to Casey uh, Stengel in the dugout for the Yankees and Sandy Koufax on the mound for the Dodgers somewhere in the mid-60s when they beat the Twins. And now I've lost the audience because I've jumped in the hot tub time machine. I'm Brian Weber revealing... Just once more, how old I am, 1-800-636-8686. Keep the tweets coming. It's B.W. Weber. Weber with two Bs straight ahead. Back to the NFL. Russell Wilson was a big part of this program the other day when he was doing Russ kind of things on a podcast saying he wants to win multiple rings with the Broncos. That is nonsensical. So 
We'll put into focus what is the most likely destination for Russ. Looking forward to taking you across the NFL with Josh Alper, a pro football talk. First time for a sports update. Here is Rich Ackerman. Moving deeper into the second hour of the program, I will create more chances for you to get interactive. 1-800-636-8686. Emails, RomanAvatake.com. One more round of tweets coming up in the last hour of the show. Plus, we will answer your ATP question. But first, always a pleasure to talk football. One of the best in the business is Josh Alper, Pro Football Talk. Josh, how are you? I appreciate you taking the time. I'm great, Frank. Thank you for joining us today. So, as I said earlier in the first hour of the show, and I wasn't just reading my resume, I was fortunate from a professional standpoint to cover a couple combines and spend four full days in Indy, so I feel like I got the full experience. But while I understand why the combine exists, Josh, if five head coaches this year decided not to be there for a variety of reasons, doesn't that undercut the overall significance of what's going on in Indy? I, I think to a, to a degree, but, you know, I, I think that it's, it, it, it's never really about the head coaches, right? It's, it's the scouts, it's the position coaches, it's the guys who are really eating up the film for all of these players. And then, you know, it is the film of these players. It, it's, these things have shown up on film. The film of the combine workouts are available. There's a lot of ways to to do this work without being there in person, especially when you're going to bring in a ton of these prospects to, to your uh, facility. I mean, at least 30 in, 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 uh, from out of town, and then any local prospects don't count to that amount. And because of the last five years in this, you know, of, of life and business in this world, online and virtual interviews have become commonplace in a way to, you know, get to know players long before you, you even make that decision to, to bring them in or not. All right. Since you use the word eating, we know NFL folks will be eating at St. Elmo's. And when they get together, the big topic of conversation, Indianapolis will be what are the Bears going to do with the number one overall pick. Seemed pretty clear to me, GM Ryan Poles, while he left his options open yesterday, was indicating they're going to trade Justin Fields. So if, in fact, that happens, what's the timetable and what do you think the trade market for Fields looks like? Uh, I, I totally agree with, with where things are headed. There, there wouldn't be much reason not to say that we're keeping Justin Fields and start auctioning the first pick off as soon as possible. So it, it definitely seems they're going to be going that route. I think, they, you know, I think it behooves them to get it done as, as soon as possible because I, I think that you know, you're not going to be a team that's waiting until – you know, until May or June to figure out your quarterback position. You're going to want to move on that quickly. And I think other than teams that may be considering making a run at Kirk Cousins, I, I think you know whether or not, you, you know, Justin Fields is the guy you want. I, I think, you you know, and I guess you could throw Russell Wilson into that group too of, of people who are, you know, conceivably starting quarterbacks on the market that are going to be on the market for teams. Although I, I would rank Wilson third, but, you know, behind those other two players uh, at, at this point in the process. And, and, you know, and I think you're looking at probably a, a sec, you know, second round pick and then maybe a conditional pick that can, that can go up to a, perhaps a first rounder. But, you know, everyone knows that they're going to be moving fields. And, and I think that does hurt their leverage a bit in terms of how much they're going to get. And, you know, quite frankly, if Fields was worth multiple number one picks, you'd have to ask what the, you know, what the Bears are thinking by trading him at, at this point 
to take a flyer on an untested quarterback. That is sound logic. I'm Brian Weber in for Jim Rome, talking NFL with Josh Alper of Pro Football Talk. You hit on Cousins. We saw the video the other day looking very healthy, coming back from the torn Achilles. Do you think the most likely outcome is Cousins staying with Minnesota? I, I do. I think that it makes the most sense for, for everyone involved. Uh, in, unless the Vikings really try to do something financially that, that works against it. You know, you have a guy who's played on, on guaranteed contracts in his entire time in, in Minnesota, and I think to, to roll that back at this point would be a big risk, especially when, you, you know, you have a team like Atlanta that, that's made it very clear that, they, you know, they think they would have been a playoff team last year with semi-competent quarterback play, and, and Cousins is a lot better than that. Uh, you know, when you lose the, the ability to franchise tag, it does, you know, it does make things a little bit more difficult for the Vikings. But I, I think the idea of playing with Justin Jefferson, staying in Kevin O'Connell's offense after the way that, you know, Cousins was playing before he got hurt last season, just, just really makes too much sense for everybody involved for them to split up. Irrespective of what Russell Wilson said recently on the I Am Athlete podcast, seems like it's a foregone conclusion he'll be moving on from Denver. So I think, Josh, there are a couple things to dissect here, and I won't ask the dreaded multi-part question, but understanding the Broncos are going to be on the hook for a big chunk of guaranteed money, that means Wilson could show up in a note a uh, new situation at a major discount. How much more attractive does that make Russ? And where do you see him potentially going? I think it makes. I think it is the thing that makes him attractive. If if you had to pay him a starting quarterback salary, I, I think you'd have a hard time selling that to your fan base after the last two seasons, three seasons really. If you if you take it back to his last year in Seattle, but paying him a minimum salary, I think if you're a team like Pittsburgh, he makes a ton of sense as an option that isn't Kenny Pickett because you're, you're not going to be paying him much, and he is a guy who has in the past proven to be a capable quarterback when given a strong running game and good receivers, both of which they have at, in, in Pittsburgh. So I think when you're looking at how Pittsburgh is going to build out that offense, uh, it's a new, you know, a new scheme, a new system, all of those things. I think Wilson is, is, is an appealing idea there because he's a low-cost option to go with, you know, with Kenny Pickett and uh, you know if Mason Rudolph is there. Uh, I, I, he, that's the team that jumps right out to me because anyone else would be sort of a stopgap until you're bringing in a rookie quarterback. Taking you around the NFL with Josh Alper, Pro Football Talk. As always, the Cowboys, a major topic of conversation. Dak Prescott set to count $59 million against the cap in the new league year. He's got a no-franchise tag clause in the contract. Josh, what do you think is a realistic outlook for Prescott to get a new deal with the Cowboys? Well, I, I just think it, it's, it's not because of, of him. I think you could... Swallow and carry that for for a year, and and perhaps you know be okay with it. But I, I think when you have to deal with CD Lamb and Michael Parsons, that that cap space is going to have to come from somewhere. And I, I think that if, unless the Cowboys really think that they can go out and, and find a better quarterback in, in 2025, and and really reboot and and feel like they're going to be rebooting the franchise with a new head coach which is certainly a possibility, but I think the head coach possibility can't really impact the quarterback one because 
I, I don't think you're going to get a better quarterback than Dak Prescott. I, I know all of the playoff foibles, and I know all of the, the you know, disappointments and heartbreaks that, that have accompanied him throughout his career, but he's still a top-10 NFL quarterback, and they don't make them all that often. So I, I think that the extension makes all the sense in the world from, from building a, a team standpoint. And then as to how that looks, though, and, and what that money is going to be, you know, good timing for Dak Prescott to, to be doing this at, at a point where the salary cap, you know, exploded beyond anybody's expectations. Josh, as always, we appreciate the information. Thanks for taking the time to join us today here on CBS Sports Radio. Good night, night.